I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. I'm going to call this episode the activity episode because, you know, when I was talking about family holidays um, in another episode, I included lots of games that you could play together while you're in on holidays. And I had loads of people go, oh, great, fantastic. I'd love more of those. Just to say that my 15 minute parenting books are filled with activities like that. But I also wanted to have a dedicated episode that would spotlight play for young children, the zero to seven years for middle childhood, eight to 12 years and those teenage years. So I'm going to give you a, an array of games and you'll be able to say, oh, I couldn't do that one. But yeah, that sounds like fun. But basically give one or two of them a go and just get yourself playing. And I thought for the younger kids, I would start about thinking about singing personalized lullabies. So basically pick any lullaby or even nursery rhyme that you might know, but add your child's name or their features or interests into it. For example, you might do twinkle twinkle little star but instead of the classic way you might say you know twinkle twinkle little star what a special child you are hair so fair and soft pink cheeks big blue eyes from which you peek twinkle twinkle little star what a special child you are and you could say special child or boy girl and you change hair color or you know if your child doesn't have pink cheeks just say soft soft cheeks just personalize it for your child you could also sing something like you know my Jamie lies over the ocean my Jamie lies over the sea my Jamie lies over the ocean oh bring back my Jamie to me as you hold Jamie and rock him or her in a blanket if there's two of you there you know lie your child in a blanket and pick them up and sway them side to side in that blanket while you sing that personalized rhyme also take something as simple as playing this little piggy and instead of you know the classic way of doing it you could name things that your child really loves so you could say this little piggy likes dinosaurs this little piggy likes chicken and chips this little piggy likes playing outside this little piggy likes singing songs and this little piggy likes stories and cuddles before bed and you make it all about your own child Playing something as simple as row, row, row your boat, you know, sitting on the floor with your small little child. Um, you could, if they're very small, you could put them up onto your knee while you do this. But otherwise, you know, hold their hands, arms outstretched and you row forward and backwards as you're holding their gaze and singing, you know, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Your child's name is a dream. So you put their name in there instead of life. You know, this activity is supporting trust in the relationship too, because your child has to trust that you're not going to let them go when you push them backwards. And there's also a brief disconnect followed quickly by a reconnection when you break eye contact and find each other again. Also, the rhythm is soothing and regulating for young children. Now, the, obviously, we all know the second verse of row, row, row your boat. If you meet a crocodile, don't forget to scream. You can certainly do that. But some of us will have children that once we get them screaming, it can really dysregulate them and get them quite high. So you can substitute other verses in. Basically, so long as it rhymes, it's fine with this. So you could row, row, row your boat gently across the lake. If you hear a hissing noise, it's probably a snake and you go tss, and as you do, you just shiver 
with each other while holding hands. You could row your boat bravely in the dark, but make sure to take a light in case you meet a shark and do a big shark snapping motion with your hands. So you can do a whole variety of row rows that suit your child and it can help them, you know, to discover these other verses. So you could also just dance, you know, pick them up if they're very little, you know, waltz them around the room, humming or singing as you sing and move about or just play a song and for the duration of that song without stopping without correcting any behavior just move just let it all go I think that that can be really really helpful I think as well doing something as simple as a hand stack you know sitting opposite and facing your child um, as close to eye level as you can get and you're the base hand and they put their hand on yours you put your hand on theirs and you go up gradually taking turns and then when they disappear from your sight as you get high you can say oh I can't see you where have you gone oh there you are and you find each other and you come back down again now it can be hard to get the order and sequence of that again depending on your child's age and capability so you can structure it by saying my turn your turn my turn your turn and very young children might want to do it in fists instead of hands because they'll get up there quicker older children you know don't want to do oh I don't want to hold your hand I don't want to do that you could do a variation such as a finger stack you know using just the tip of your index finger and build it up and down that way or a floating hand stack where you get really close without touching and that's more challenging and therefore more engaging for slightly older children in this age group you could do something like mirrors where you know you don't have to talk in this one you just say look you're my mirror that means you have to copy everything I do you could do some actions that are low down and they're quiet and some then that are really big jumps and star jumps and things like that and they actually just copy what you're doing Um, So anything like that at that age group is going to be really fun and engaging and helpful. And I'm thinking then about when you move on to that slightly older age group and we're going to play different types of games. So you could actually do something like a spider's web. It's a lovely group or family activity to play together. Everyone sits in a circle on the floor. You take a ball of wool or yarn or a roll of crepe paper, whatever it might be, and start with yourself saying, I would like to thank you know, Jamie for emptying the dishwasher today without being asked to do it. It really helped me. And you wrap a piece of the wool around your finger and you pass or lightly toss the ball of wool to Jamie. Then Jamie says, names another family member um, that's across from them and thanks them for doing something that helped them that day or that week, wraps a bit of the wool around their finger and passes it across. And you repeat this so that everyone has thanked and been thanked by each other. So there's a giving and receiving of appreciation in this one. And then the last person will pass the the ball of wool, for example, back to you. You're going to snip the end of it and wrap that loose end around another finger. And then you're going to invite everyone to slowly lift the wool to show the web of gratitude that you have weaved together by thanking each other and extend this game by placing a balloon in the middle of your web and then using the web that you've woven. The group are going to toss and catch the balloon when you say toss, catch, toss catch and when done just gently lay the web on the ground and help each other out of it and that way your family can stand up and see this web and it's a lovely one to play together you know especially if you've got a blended family that you know you all are together for some days of the week but not the whole week or you've got visitors coming over summertime or at any weekend time it's a more the merrier one basically. 
You could all also add in a little bit of nurture to this because you could take it a step further and take the wool from your web and turn it into a pom-pom. You know, the ones you make um, about two matching circles of card that have the centers cut out. You wrap the wool around and use it all up carefully, cut between the circles, tie a piece around, and then you slide the cardboard off. You know, it's, look, this is easier to grasp if you've never done it. Rather than listen to me, you could do a quick video tutorial on that one. And then you save the pom-pom or attach a wool loop so you can hang it somewhere and it's a great way to keep your web of connection alive or you could even use that pom-pom to play you know something like you know uh, giving a face massage with it um you know doing something like that that would be really really good and you're using your family pom-pom you could also stand in a circle together close your eyes and pass the pulse you know you pass it around the group one way then the other way then two pulses at once the aim here is that everybody stays really still really connected by holding hands eyes are shut there's no talking and we're working to tune into each other and get that pulse and squeeze all the way around the group and give it a good few attempts and it's important to laugh at the failures you know it you know you might get back four or five pulses rather than the two you sent out just have fun about that you could pass a message you know by touch or by whisper you could pass say two taps on somebody's back person beside you they pass it they pass it and you see how many taps do you get back you could draw a symbol or a number on their back with your finger they pass it around and see what comes back to you you could whisper a little word or a short phrase and again see what comes back to you but this lovely way of you all standing closely together um, in a way that you're working really collaboratively uh, but complementing each other you know not getting on each other's nerves a tug of war is another one at this age that's really nice you can do it with just two of you or more, you know, you could get into teams, but you're going to take a long scarf or a piece of material. You could even stretch out a skipping rope if you've got one of those. And each person is going to hold, you know, an opposing end and on your say so pull against each other. Don't do ready, steady, go or one, two, three, go, but increase the connection and attunement here by cueing them with a word. You know, when I say your name or when I say strawberry, we're going to pull because then they don't know when you're going to say it and they have to stay fully connected to you and take your lead. So depending on, you know, the age of your child or children, the physicality of them, you know, make sure that they win more than you do and if you are pulling them over to you pull them into an embrace so you get that lovely hug or if you're pulling if they're pulling rather you over to them you know do one of those fake dramatic falls that you tumble into each other or a high five when you get there that can be really nice Another way you could do the um, tug of war and it leads us into the older kids as well is to increase the challenge and say you can only do the tug of war with one hand. So they everyone has to put one hand behind their back and you have to do the, the give and take of the tug with one hand. Then again, increase that challenge, especially for the older kids and say one hand with your thumb raised. So now you're just using your four fingers really on one hand to pull. It makes it harder and therefore more engaging. Challenge will always increase the level of engagement for older kids and help them to connect certainly, but stay connected for longer, which is really, really important at that age as well. 
And I think, you know, a nice game, an activity to be playing with teenagers is one that also gets a bit of a message across about communication and being able to say what you want, say what you need with your words instead of just behavior. So I like to play this activity called fists. Okay, so for this, you can play it in a pair or you can have multiple pairs if you want or you need to involve more people. Basically, you're going to have two pieces of paper with instructions. One of you gets an instruction that reads the other person is going to make a fist with their hand you must get their fist to open the other person is going to get an instruction that reads make a fist with your hand the other person is going to try to get it open you can only open your fist if they assertively and politely ask you to do so in my experience, what typically happens is the first person physically tries to pry their partner's fist open using force, and then the other person responds by using equal force to resist them prying that hand, that fist open. It's a great game to emphasize the importance of just asking for what you need rather than seeking to take it or grab it or use force to have your needs met. Because at the end, you say, all you had to do was say, please open your fist and I would have done it. So it's a fun way of doing that. Um, you can also, you know, play a game of the sit down game. I quite like that one. Again, I'm trying to think of games that teenagers, it's really good for them. But also some of those at the preteen stage of middle childhood will also in enjoy with you. The sit down game is one to reinforce the skill of reading nonverbal communication. And there are two ways to do it. And it works best if you have a family or group of four or more people. You're going to set a rule that two people must be standing at any one time, but only two people. These two people can only stand for 20 seconds at a time. So if mom and eldest child are standing within 20 seconds, any time within that 20 seconds, it just can't pass 20 seconds. They must sit down and it doesn't even have to be at the same time. But as they move to do so, the others in the group or family must anticipate their action and stand up before they sit so that two people are always standing. And another way to do it is to have everyone stand in a circle and nominate a leader for each round. The group stands in silence and watches for when the leader moves to sit as the whole group must sit down at the exact same time as the leader. And if anyone is out of sync, everyone just gets back up, waits and tries again. I think anything like that can be really fun. Um, another one, the alphabet game, you pick something like songs, singers, actors, movies, books, you pick a theme and you have to between you all get through the alphabet in order saying, you know, a singer that begins with A, the next person, one that begins with B and C and D and see how far can you get through the alphabet with lots and lots of themes. And whoever gets furthest in the alphabet gets to pick the theme for the next round. I think describe and draw is another great fun game for this age group. And um, the older kids, you know, it's one that supports communication as well. There's always a nice secondary gain to these. You take two chairs and place them so that two people are seated back to back. Okay. You're going to, let's just call one A and one B. So A is handed an object, you know, something from around the house by another person. Could be you if you have them, or A can just get up and pick their own object themselves. If there's only two of you, that's fine. You can do this with two or more people. And A must verbally describe that object in as much detail as possible without naming what it is. And B has to draw the object based on A's description and then see if the object can be matched or identified at the end. And you know, 
there's even fun in the failure of this because if it doesn't work out and they don't get it right, you can just have a good old laugh at what ended up being drawn. Um, I think that that's a really nice way of doing it. So there's lots of activities for you in there that will help you through, you know, early childhood, mid childhood and the teenage years. My message is whatever age your children are and for yourself as well, get playing, embrace play, because I keep talking about that playful state of mind, but it's not something we can just say, oh, flick the switch, let's be playful. We will actually do it by flexing those play muscles, training and strengthening our play muscles and making play possible within our family homes. Have fun with this one. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting. <laughs>